Many people think surrogacy and vitro fertilization, artificial insemination, all of that uh, is about really regarding people who are struggling to have a child and is a solution to those people who want to have a child. And for many, you may think, well, this is a great solution. Someone who wants to have a baby can actually have a baby. But a video that recently went viral on social media coming from a TikTok account called Stuart and Francis just about made my jaw drop. I've heard many of these things before from people who are seeking out to have a child from these fertility clinics that house egg donations and sperm donations where you can go in, choose the egg, choose the sperm. You can literally go through catalogs of people, photos of people who have donated you know, their egg, their sperm and whatnot uh, so that they could become egg donors, make money from it, or maybe some altruistically want to help someone who's struggling to have a child and so they're willing to donate. But this viral TikTok video is absolutely shocking. So this comes from a vlog from Stuart and Francis on TikTok. It's a vlog. They call themselves gay dads. They share their surrogacy journey and the day-to-day of being dads to a child that they created that was conceived uh, via artificial uh, insemination or sorry in vitro fertilization and then carried by a surrogate and now they have this baby and so I want to share with you from Stuart and Francis when they talk about how they chose their egg donor. So this is how we chose our beautiful egg donor. Um, so we wanted her to have lovely big eyes. I wanted her to have really thick hair because I've had two hair transplants. <laughs> I wanted her to have a really wide, nice smile and just look like a kind person. Yeah, and we wanted her to be creative because we love the arts. Yeah. So how it works is you join up with the egg donor agency and you literally go through thousands, that's what Stuart That's did. what I did. I went through thousands, thousands, thousands. I shortlisted them, sent them to Francis and yeah. let him decide. And then we had, I had three or four in front of me and then we had a few Zoom calls with the ones that we liked, and then the yeah. first egg donor let us down. Fuming, so second bad. egg donor let us down. Oh, yeah. Fuming. Fuming, and then by the third, we literally found her, and I was like, oh, she's incredible. And when we got on the Zoom call, we were like, oh, be calm, God, play it so down, beautiful. don't be too keen. Um, and and luckily, she said yes, and this is the result. Yeah. Look at his hand. I'm glad you don't have to see the video because if you add the video to this whole thing, my heart just, my jaw, everything drops and sinks uh, because it's sickening. Yes, the joy, there's a beautiful baby in their arms, but here are two men holding this baby where this baby's automatically from the moment the intention was ever thought of to create this baby in a Petri dish, this baby was automatically denied not just a mother, but also a their biological mother also denied the woman the surrogate who would carry the child for all those months but let's backtrack we'll come back to that in a moment because we've talked often about the fallout of surrogacy the impact on the woman who carries the child the legal battle um America, here in the United States, we have the most permissive um, surrogacy allowance in the world uh, where people come from all over, many people from Europe coming to the United States to have children. In fact, I remember visiting some of my friend's kids. One of my friend's kids was in the NICU a couple years back and everywhere uh, there were 
couples of men because they were there and San Diego is a hub for surrogacy and men from France were there to adopt the child uh, that they had hired out to be created. And every child, I think this is important, whether conceived via artificial insemination, surrogacy, through a surrogate, these children are gifts from God. And this is part of the reason why this is so upsetting because we've turned to a culture that has led to what I would argue many people are calling designer babies. You listen to this vlog from TikTok, the Stuart and Francis, and they chronicle their day-to-day lives as gay dads, as they refer to themselves, um, as a surrogacy journey. And they share this about finding an egg donor, that they were looking for a certain type of eye color, big eyes, thick hair, uh, creative and dimension because they're very creative and they love the arts. They were looking to all of these things to determine who they were going to hire to be the egg donor to this child, who they were going to hire to be a surrogate to carry this child. Because they wanted the perfect baby that would perfectly please them with eye, hair, and the potential for creativity based on the creativity of the parent, the mother, the biological mother, the donor that they were hiring out. As you heard Stuart and Francis share, they went through thousands upon thousands of faces. They made calls. They spoke to various women determining who that person would be and whom they would harvest eggs from in order to have this little baby that they're holding so joyfully. And I mark, I acknowledge the joy in their hearts. That's a good thing. That paternal joy that these two young men have for this child, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The fact that that baby exists is a beautiful gift from God, but that does not mean that the way in which choosing to get there was right. The Catholic Church explicitly teaches about artif- against artificial insemination, in vitro fertilization, and surrogacy. Why? In part because, one, the process of IVF, the process of all of this, often includes abortion. Not always. But where multiple babies are created in an environment that is not the normative environment for creating human life, through natural means, through a man and a woman, but done in a petri dish, and then a new human life is created outside of a woman's body, and then in a, like a test, this baby is then placed into the uterus of the woman to see how long this baby will continue to develop. It's a baby in its earliest stages of development, in a very fragile state, and in an unnatural environment. Not because the womb's an unnatural environment, because that was not the womb that the baby was intended to be in in the first place. And so the success rate of the number of children uh, that actually come to full term that even last 5, 10, 20 days is very low. And so what happens is many new human lives, many babies are created. And many of them d- die, often all of them in the process, which I find absolutely negligible to begin with. But then also what happens is sometimes two, three, four, five, eight children may actually develop. And the reality is, is that no woman is actually going to want to carry eight children that have developed in her womb. This is where we got Octomom. You guys may remember 15, 20 years ago, the story of Octomom. Well, she used in vitro fertilization. And this is why she had so many children. But she chose to keep the babies instead of abort them. In our culture, IVF, all of that usually 
turns to abortion in the process to quote unquote selectively reduce which children will stay, especially selectively reduce children that are believed to be a little less apt to be as uh, physically um, successful, to be as uh, perhaps might have um, some genetic disorder that they perceive. So they abort those ones selectively or they abort the ones that would be a boy over a girl if there was a preference. But what this vlog shows from TikTok, and this is legitimate, they have thousands, at times millions of views on their TikTok videos chronicling their day-to-day lives as gay dads having hired a surrogate for this beautiful little baby boy that they have. The attitude of designer babies is so damaging. It's damaging for the people who are seeking to conceive these children, and it's damaging for the child and the expectations placed on children. Just because you desire to have a child doesn't mean that you have a right to a child. And that is one of the hardest things to say, especially, especially for anyone who has struggled with fertility. And I think that as a culture, we want to be so compassionate and never say no when someone so honorably and desirably desires a child. And through perhaps no means and having done nothing wrong, are not able to conceive a child. Or because they are like Stuart and Francis who are choosing to live in a same-sex relationship and they want to be dads. That desire to be a dad, I get. It's a beautiful desire. It's a God-given desire. It's a natural desire. But that doesn't mean you have a right to create a new human life and from its very in- from the very intention of creating that baby, from the very first contract that's used, literally a contract, not a loving, intimate act between a man and a woman. From the very first contract that's entered into, you are starting out with writing out the mother, the biological mother, sometimes a biological father as well. At least in this case, I believe the biological mother um, is the only person written out of this. Of And from the get-go, writing out the surrogate who will carry that baby for those nine months, having a strong level of bonding. These children are being denied a God-given, natural right from the moment of their conception by the way we are conceiving them and then by the way we are birthing them, by the way we are selling them, writing them off via contracts. Now, in this video from TikTok where they talk about, Stuart and Francis talk about who their children choosing for the parent of their child, that they want a woman with the right eyes, big, beautiful eyes and thick hair and who is someone as creative. I know these things to be true, that these sperm and egg clinics that are seeking people to donate their sperm and egg, they're targeting people who they seemingly think will be the most athletic or whatever it might be. For years on social media, I have received advertisements, especially on Facebook, especially while I was in college and grad school and not long after, of course, as you have the student loan debt, advertising to me things such as, because Facebook, of course, knows I'm a dancer, of course, knows I have a fitness background, advertising to me, are you a dancer? Would you like to donate your eggs? Are do you have student loan debt? Would you like to donate your eggs? A quick and easy way to make some money, pay off debt, help cover your your day-to-day expenses over and over again. But no one's talking about the long-term impact that egg donation has on a woman where she hyper-ovulates and goes into this hyper, um, 
ovulation that she produces more eggs than are natural because of medication that's used so that she can make more money so that these clinics can have more children or sorry not children but eggs to create children when let's say people such as Stuart and Francis want the woman with the right eye shape the right hair color the right characteristics and interests and talents to produce the greatest potential for the type of child they would like well what happens if your child's not doesn't look the way you wanted what happens if your child's not interested in the things that you're interested in or the things that you want them to be interested in what happens when your child has some sort of genetic disorder what happens when your child is struggling because they don't have a mom because you created them and you are providing two fathers which great to have male mentorship, male guidance, male love is so necessary. But as we've been talking about here on the show, children need a mother and a father. This is something that's still written into international law, something we still see even at the level of places such as the United Nations, where it talks about in international law that a child has a right to their biological mother and father and to be raised by their biological mother and father. This is what the church has been teaching and has held on to. And so often people will say, we need to catch up with the times. But I don't think that's the case. Why? Because the truth of the matter is, we were created as human beings with a function to create new human life. And that function requires a man and a woman. And that function in society has upheld for years that we have institutions such as one man, one woman marriage that protects and regulates sexual interaction, protects and regulates a man and woman staying together and remaining together for life so that a child can have the safety, the regularity, the consistency of a man and a woman who stay together for life. This is the great gift of human nature, of the God-intended purpose of the family. But are we listening? Or are we listening to the sad stories? And I've been there. Friends, family members who struggle to have children. I shared with you before here on the show, I knew before I even got married that fertility was going to be a difficulty. I didn't know how much so until after I got married. And in I have two autoimmune diseases that impact having children. Like I understand. I understand this struggle. Praise the Lord, we have been blessed with children. But I remember, you know, just a couple months into being married, you know, people would ask, oh, you know, when are you getting pregnant? You know, people are so quick to dive into that topic. Um, strangers are. And I remember so often people in the secular culture, especially, you know, with teaching Pilates, people would say, oh, have you considered IVF? You know, you're not pregnant yet. And I know you want children. No, I haven't. Well, why not? You know, you can just, you know, start doing in vitro fertilization. But the truth of the matter is no one talks about the very, very, very low success rate for IVF, especially the older you get, the lower success rate, the lower success rate for people who also have various health issues various disorders and diseases. The truth is not shared regularly. And I have seen the fallout firsthand. I'll never forget years ago, I was at a coffee shop and I was doing research on the topic of in vitro fertilization surrogacy. I was there for hours working, typing away. And there was a, a gentleman to my left who was also there 
uh, reading and his was there for a while and I could tell he kept looking at my computer screen. I thought, okay, here we are. And finally he says, excuse me, I can't help but notice that you're looking at um, a lot of information about IVF and surrogacy. I hope this isn't something you're considering doing. And I said, actually not. I said, I'm doing some research um, because I think that it has a really negative impact on women. And he said, this is my story. This is a story of my marriage. My wife is virtually non-functioning today, doesn't leave the home, isn't socially active, it's weighed on our marriage. Why? Because we tried multiple rounds of in vitro fertilization, they weren't successful. And he said the truth that babies are meant to be naturally conceived with a man and a woman is true. And that's the best thing for a baby and the best thing for a man and a woman.